Welcome to Conversations from the Edge of Consciousness. I'm your host, Christine Madeira. For me, and possibly for you, the inner world of consciousness has always been much more real and way more fun than the so-called real material world. Growing up, I thought I was alone in this, but I'm not. There are a lot of us, and far too many have no one to talk to who shares this experience. I've been lucky to cultivate a community of friends who love to talk about the energies, ideas, and vibrations that are pushing the edges of our own consciousness, as well as our collective consciousness. In Conversations from the Edge, we share our conversations with you. Welcome to Conversations from the Edge. This is your host, Christine Madeira, and I am here with Katie Kiefer. And welcome, Katie. It's nice to have you back. It's great to be here. Thank you. All right, so do you want to say anything about yourself and what you do before we jump into our conversation? Um, Real briefly, just given where um, our conversation today is going to go, I am the author of Coffee with Angels. It's a book series available on Amazon, and um, it's just, it started as a practice, just a journal, and it completely freaked me out to (laughs) publish the first book. Uh But there's three of them now, and the fourth one, it has been sitting for a while, but it will be published eventually. Oh my gosh, there's a fourth one. Yeah. (laughs) Well, good for you, because I know the third one just came out. So, and I have a couple of them, and they're really good books. It's basically, and it's a great practice. We actually ought to have a talk about that sometime, Mm -hmm. uh, about that practice of, of sitting with your higher self, with your voices, with the angels, whatever it happens to be, to begin to bring in higher level information beyond what your thinking mind can come up with. So it's a great practice, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, it really is. Yeah. And I, do, I don't do it as regularly as you do, but I do the same, the same kind of thing. All right. So we won't go into that right this moment, but we were going to go and talk more about the difference between emotion and feelings because there's this mean this idea that oh I, I trust my feelings I trust myself I trust my feelings I am you know, authentic to my feelings and all of this but there's a difference between those deeper feelings that we are authentic to and that we trust that give us reliable information about kind of the, or, or what to do in life and emotions which are which give us information about our stored conditioned system it's usually our conditioned likes dislikes fears uh, what makes us angry what makes us happy but you know, all of these kinds of things and when those emotions guide us it's a very different experience than when those deeper feelings guide us but we tend to use the terms emotions and feelings interchangeably and so a lot of people get confused as to what one is versus the other and i know you're an emotional person mm-hmm. so can you and you talk you wrote about this in coffee with the angels so can you uh-huh. um get us started with this i actually can and i would like to open it up with um well, actually one of the first entries in the first book so this was like very very early on in my practice because this was the big thing of i was wondering that it's like what what's the difference between feelings and emotions and this is what the angels had to say Feelings refer to sensations that are not emotionally based or driven. Emotions are responses to stimuli that trigger remembering past experiences, including the stimuli of thoughts. The sensations of both can be similar or the same, but their sources are different. You describe emotions as feelings because you are describing the sensations. 
Feelings are happening all the time. Some have high sensitivity to them while others have lower sensitivity. Emotions are happening most of the time, but you can bring them into a state of neutrality and have control over your emotional responses. You can elicit sadness or excitement in a matter of seconds with a single thought. Feelings, however, are always present as there is a deep moving sensation even in the most neutral resting states of emotion. Feelings and emotions can and do stimulate one another. The difference between the two can be quiet and subtle and learning to respond instead of react helps you gain discernment. And they told me, do not overthink this. <laughs> Simply... <laughs> Simply know that emotions and feelings are different, yet have close similarities. As you evolve, the differences and similarities become clearer. I, I love that my angels do this, and I wouldn't say my angels, because most, most often it's not just my angels, it's like a collective. Mm -hmm. um, but they're like, you're overthinking, stop it. Yeah, <laughs> stop well, I mean, that. that's kind of our, our plague as human beings. <laughs> yeah. But it's per that was such a, a concise and clear definition or, or distinction between the two of them and yet it's also true what you said at the end that in the beginning it's, it's hard to it's, it's hard to differentiate them and over time as you especially as you become more emotionally neutral and you can diffuse some of the trigger emotions mm -hmm. and really get to know your body like how your body reacts and responds and emotions so you can really tell what's flaring up it becomes your own personal ability to um, distinguish and differentiate and discern the, the difference between them and how they work within you because everybody has their own unique experience right. of these. Mm -hmm. So I know for me, emotions, they're very compelling and they're very immediate and they pass. Yeah. So I know, so for me, but especially the triggered emotions, you know, anger and fear and frustration and all of these things, like they flare up. It's like, it's like lighting up a, you know, lighting a flare and throwing it down. I mean, it flares up. It feels really compelling. It feels really real. It feels like it's like colors the entire situation of what's happening. And I've spent a lot of time learning to deescalate those. Uh, but if I don't deescalate them, and sometimes for the, for the thrill of it, I don't, especially if I'm not interacting with other people, I just sort of let them, let them ride just for, just for fun. But if I don't deescalate, they can really flavor and color an entire situation and carry me in a direction that takes me right back into old patterns. Mm -hmm. And feeling for me, it's immediate, but it's not insistent. Like emotions are insistent. It's like, you have to pay attention to me because I will take over your system. And right. feelings with those quiet things beneath it that's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm always here. This is the message. Mm -hmm. It might be the message in the next moment. It might not be. But I, it's this constant presence beneath things that is kind of like the deeper currents of the ocean. You know, you've got the surface currents, but deep down below, they're the slower moving currents that, uh, you know, are, are part of the whole process, but they're deep down beneath the surface. And so... That, that's one distinction for me. What about you? How do you experience them differently from one another? I have tended to, and I think this has just been a, a conditioning part that I've had to undo over the last couple of years, uh, which really writing Coffee with the Angels was helpful with. 
because really that was just a, it was, it started out as it was my journaling. It was my own personal practice. Mm -hmm. And then they said, oh no, these have to go out into the world. So that writing this has been very helpful in unraveling myself. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think for a really long time, I called emotions feelings Mm -hmm. and I, I had no distinction between the two. As I've unraveled the triggers, now I can see the difference. To me, an, a feeling is very intuitive. Mm-hmm. It's that deeper knowing. It's that, because, and I'm, I'm very clairsentient. And that is a feeling, not an emotion. Mm-hmm. I'm not having an emotional response when I have that intuitive feeling. Now, I may mm-hmm. have that intuitive feeling. And then on the heels of it, the, the emotional response comes in because it's going, oh, crap, we have, really, that's what's happening? But it can be very subtle. But the more I pay attention to it, the more I'm like, oh, this is the feeling, that's the emotion. And you're right, I agree with you. Emotions are very insistent. Mm-hmm. They are typically more triggered. Whereas as, as instantaneous as a feeling can be, it's the difference between... When I walk into a room full of people, mm-hmm. I can immediately feel the general vibe of the room. Right. However, it's different if I'm walking up on somebody or they're coming to see me or where there's a meeting and they've triggered a past emotion. What good or bad is, is beside the point. Mm-hmm. And that is different. Yeah, I wanted to speak on that a little bit. It, the difference for me, like right when you said that, and I was thinking about that before, is that feelings are information, they're neutral information. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it is, it's a neutral piece of information. It's a knowing, it's that, that deep sense of what's right and wrong for you. And emotion is like, to me, that's very, emotions are very physical. You know, it's, yeah. they're kind of biochemical, they're physical, they rise, they fall, they're insistent in the endocrine system and, and the body, but it's not information. And emotion is like an opinion with, on steroids. And feelings are information that do not carry an opinion. The difference is like, if I'm walking down a street and I'm gonna make a turn, and I might have a feeling that that deep information, this is not a good street to walk down. And that's just information. Now, if I am walking down and I don't pay attention to that information and I walk down that street anyway and somebody, and then I start seeing some things that trigger the emotion of fear, like fear is an opinion of mm-hmm. what's happening in that moment. But the information that came, this is not, this isn't the best place to go down, doesn't come with emotion. It comes with a, it's, a, it's like a neutral place of knowing and direction. This is, mm-hmm. this, you know, this is something just to continue to walk by. We'll take, make the next turn. Don't make this turn. Versus that feeling of fear, or not feeling, the emotion of fear or the emotion of dread or the emotion Mm-hmm. Of, of something else that people often take as intuition or take as that deeper feeling and take it as information, even though it, it comes from something triggering an old pattern and bringing that um, emotional flavor to the surface. That's a good way to put it. And, and I know that this, this can be a really kind of a hard thing to differentiate and talk about because we keep, we keep hearing that, oh, emotion is energy in motion. Well, that's true. 
but so mm -hmm. are feelings. And I think the, the definition of emotion being energy in motion, it's time to expand it because yeah. as we evolve and as we evolve into the higher vibrations, mm -hmm. I think we will have more of a merging of that intuitive feeling and emotion in some ways. And some of this, I'm still kind of learning um, about this just experientially. And I've not really talked about this a whole lot outside of what came out in the books. I've not really talked about this much, but one of the things that when I was learning about soul profiles, um, the, the soul blueprints that came up, one of the soul groups, the blueprinters, the emotional body was actually a byproduct that was not really expected. Mm -hmm. And it, it's the, the merging of the thought consciousness, the, the mm -hmm. consciousness with an animal body. Yeah. The nervous so, system of the animal body. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, at mm -hmm. soul level, we're still working this out going, what is this all about and how do we navigate it? And I think, you know, it's even come out in coffee with the angels It's you know, we're at the emotional frontier. This is the beginning of, I mean, look at all the things that have come up in the last several decades about psychology and the role of your emotions in your physical health. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are really investigating the emotional realm. At the same time, it can be so easy to mistake. And I think every one of us has done it mm -hmm. to mistake a triggered emotion for intuition. Yeah, because a trigger is never intuition, ever, no. ever, ever. No. And it can feel like it. But, and I think something you said, I didn't want to let it slide by because I think it, I wanted to amplify that point, um, is that as we begin to merge these more, I think the key to merging these is really learning how to dismantle our triggers. Because mm -hmm. it's that triggered, that survival impulse, that trigger impulse in our nervous system. Those old habits and patterns that, that we embody so that when something happens, they just, they flash like in this, this, this immediate survival sense and, and not just a physical survival. Oftentimes it's more of an emotional survival than a physical survival. Mm -hmm. Those responses are so loud and they're biochemically loud. They're loud because they're they're amplified with adrenaline. They're amplified with cortisol. They have got the fight flight response attached mm -hmm. to them. They're very loud in the body when you think about how the body, the body works. And so when we can begin to dismantle the triggers in us, and it's not to suppress them or to deny them, but to, to begin to release the energy that's caught around these things so that when something happens that might have triggered you in the past, it just becomes information. Like that mm -hmm. becomes that, that dovetail of information and feeling and emotion, because if you're not captive by these strong triggered emotions and you understand how emotions get triggered in your body, you're much better able to really begin to not even experience the triggering type of emotions and to hear those deeper feelings and to, to have your emotions and your feelings kind of run similar circuitry because they're no longer in that, that survival system. Mm, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Cause yeah, it is, it's, and it, 
the survival system is a major key. And, you know, so stop for just a moment and tune into the emotion of love. Is it an emotion or is it a feeling? It's an energy, Mm -hmm. but is it an emotion or is it a feeling? And the same with joy. So, you know, this has been interesting because especially since all of this uh, COVID stuff began, like, so we're talking for, for me, it was like towards here in the U S we started really getting things happening towards the end of February and into March. When I tap into the earth herself, mm-hmm. I have these deep feelings. They're not overwhelming but they're deep feelings of joy, mm-hmm. of beauty and harmony. Those are the three major feelings I pick up from the earth. Mm-hmm. And I have, I've really questioned that. It's like, because we think of things like even fear, I wouldn't have thought of fear as an emotion, but it is because it triggers the biological response. Mm-hmm. And a feeling is not necessarily going to trigger a biological response. A feeling to me gives us more space for the body to do what it needs to do, to do its natural thing. Whereas emotions are much more forceful. Does that make any sense? It does. I, you know, the, the body part about giving us more space, the body can do its, do its thing. I never thought about it that way. I have to think about that a little bit more, but I do totally agree with that idea that the emotions are, they're forceful. There's something that causes the body to do something and that always changes our perception of something mm-hmm. and feelings being information and then we can choose how to respond to that, that information. Um, right. You know, usually it's information that, well, not usually, I should say, because I do things like tapping into the earth as well. And I've had a, a different, a similar, but um, I think I probably would just categorize them a little bit differently. That the, just the deep opening up of the earth and the, the beautiful energies that are rising. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's a wonderful way to tap into the feeling of the earth that, that doesn't, you know, bring you into action. But a lot of feelings that, especially when we're first beginning to navigate feelings, feelings can be that deep knowing, that deep knowing of, of yes or no. And that's actually a good place to start with feeling because we can usually begin to tap into the feeling in the body, the feeling in our, ourself of the yes and the no, the information of that. Because oftentimes feelings when we first begin to tap into and use them are information about actions to take or not to take. Mm-hmm. And then we can become more refined with that. But oftentimes those are the ones that we're most attuned to because that's the information that we need in the moment. And so even beginning to pause and pay attention, like if you think about what you're going to have for dinner tonight. And so you, you bring to, without thinking, overthinking it, but you bring to mind, you know, A, you know, meal A and meal B. And is there a feeling in your body that has one of them feeling more appealing than the other one? 
Yeah. And that's one way to begin to understand how your feeling sense works. And food's a great way because, you know, we all eat multiple times a day. Right. So starting that as a practice with that is, is um, helpful as well. And there's a lot of other things that, that you can do it to. What do you want to, like, what do you want to put on in the morning instead of just grabbing whatever you think you want? Is there, if you have two or three different options, like feel into them, just kind of sit with and, and look at one and then the other and then the other and notice if there's a, a, a more of an appeal with one than with another one. And it's very subtle. And your mind often wants to get involved and create an opinion and hijack the process and make it about like what the mind wants. And so that's just part of the process of learning how this works. There's something wrong with it. It's just, um, it's habit and starting to dismantle the habit of interfering with your own feelings. Because mm. that's, that's something that we've all all of us who work with feelings have had to work with because we are so taught that we have to be mind driven. We have to be thought driven. We have to be rational. We have to be logical. We have to make our decisions. <laughs> right. We have to right. Act on them. That, that's, that's its own habit and impulse to begin to soften, to feel into your own feelings and begin to pay attention to those, those deeper places of knowing and wisdom within you because they're always quiet feelings are not going to come out and slap your face they will never mm -hmm. be as loud as emotions they're not as loud as thoughts their thoughts and emotions drown out feelings so don't try if you're in an emotional state to like like i'm gonna wade through it and find the feeling because that's like just mm -hmm. de-escalate the emotion back yeah. away from the thought <laughs> and then you might be able to get a sense of what a feeling might be but probably not it takes a while to be able to dig through those those loud things mm -hmm. to find that softness. I mean, it's, it's easier in many ways to cultivate the softness and to hear it within yeah. that or to ask or, or inquire or lean into it at soft times. Like, what am I having for dinner as long as that's not a big emotional decision? Or right. what do I want to wear today as long as there's not like all kinds of conflicting mind information about what you think you should wear? Because that'll get, that'll get in the way. But those soft things that uh, to begin to pay attention to mm -hmm. that you don't have lots of emotion or mental, you know, attachment to are good places to start mm -hmm. listening. I agree. Chances are good. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I have. You think you got it, oh, but gosh. you don't. <laughs> no. As soon as it, I hear myself say, I think, I'm like, okay, I got to stop oh, that. Yep. <laughs> exactly. That that's actually really good. That that's like a red flag of no, yeah. no, maybe, maybe you don't. And so let's not go proclaiming to the world that I've mastered this because I mm -hmm. sure have not. <laughs> no, no. no it, it, it is, it's a series of mind games. I mean, you play. It's this ongoing kind of inner game you have to play with yourself mm -hmm. to begin to get these deeper things because nobody teaches them to you. Little kids, I think, have a yes. sense of this, but it gets taught out of you when you're little and and it's not honored it's not valued nobody nobody thinks you know well, let's just tap into our feelings and see what we should do it's inconvenient to do that everything's about speed about logic about all this stuff so it's it takes a while to begin to move through all that stuff to feel these inner stirrings this inner knowing and to be confident that that's what you're feeling and so it takes patience yes it does 
it takes a lot of patience with yourself and dedication. It does, if you, if this is a path you really want to go down, it does take some dedication and even more so being really gentle and kind with yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you start beating yourself up for something that nobody taught you, nobody taught yeah. you how to do this. We're all learning this on our own. Mm-hmm. And thank God I'm seeing that there are parents out there who are giving more of this to their children. They are learning as adults, but as they have children, mm-hmm. and of course they're not going to do it perfectly because they're still learning themselves, but the, the, it's, it's set in motion for the next generation. Well, it's a value. If it's it's valued, even if it's not perfectly, you know, embodied, if it's a value, at least you're aware of it. Like most of us were never aware of that. And, and I, I know it takes patience, but I will say that when you actually dedicate yourself to attuning to these deeper forces, you'll spend a lot less time doing stuff that just you don't need to do (laughs) and things work better because like as you're as you're tapping into stuff like you tap into information so that you're able to take an action who's who that's already kind of moving into a motion that's something that's already in motion versus something like okay i need to make this happen so i need to do steps a through z for this to happen Whereas if you're kind of on a path to Z, but you're operating on this other thing, like you might get, you know, this knowing or this feeling to, oh, I need to call this person. Okay. So then you're starting an F. Okay. And then like you hang out for a while and then you get this other, other intuition or other feeling. Oh, like this is a meeting I need to really get to. And all of a sudden you jump to like, oh. And then, so you're not having to do A through Z all by yourself and use up all of your energy, all of your time, all of your stamina on like every single Mm -hmm. little piece to get to Z. And and the Z that you get by doing everything yourself is a whole different, not not as exciting Z as the Z that you get when you're following that deeper deeper, um, path. And when you're following the deeper path, those things are already in motion and you're you're kind of jumping in to those things in motion versus having to kind of do it all yourself. It's kind of like like being a, I call it like being a partner with life um, as opposed to trying to kind of do everything alone. Mm, That's a great way to put it. That is a really great way to put it. And this segues right into um, one of the things that I think is really important because if, if we have to have emotion to move us to action, Ultimately, we could be completely screwed. Where, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because if it's a runaway train and you're just in it, mm-hmm. you, you have no control. You have no power over your own life then. No. And, and that is very disempowering. And that's not what we're here to do. We are here in part to figure out how to be empowered mm-hmm. within our own lives. And as we do that, the collective will become empowered as a collective. Uh, And the the power of choice really is present in feeling. And that's a difference Mm -hmm. when there's a very strong emotion present. You feel like you're hijacked. You feel like you don't have any choice. You feel like you don't have control over how you feel. 
or you feel totally empowered to totally give yourself over to that emotion, which is mm. generally triggered by somebody else who wants your power. So I always think about your emotion, like, you know, your life is your power. And if you're mm. operating from emotion and the triggers of emotions, all it takes is a skilled person who's skilled at triggering to get you to do anything that they want you to do. When I was in college, I was a business major and I took a marketing class and I sat in this marketing class and I thought, oh my God, the ability to manipulate using emotion, which was not how they taught it in marketing, but that's what I saw in that. Mm -hmm. the, it was so easy to be able to capitalize on people's triggered emotions, much harder for the aspirational emotions. Like we all aspire in our own way, but we all get triggered like <laughs> as, a, as a herd. So it was, it's harder to, to inspire people to something because we, we operate a little bit differently with those emotions. But the ability to be able to trigger people's emotional responses, like that was the whole the whole thing I got from, from marketing is that, you know, mm -hmm. you, you string this trigger with this trigger, with this trigger, with this trigger. And if you've hooked people along the way, you have them. And that's true, whether you're buying laundry soap or a political thing or a movement or a, you know, what to, to buy some kind of, you know, high price ticket item. It is all really about mastering the triggers that we have, especially the ones that we have in common, the ones that we have about, right. about country, about our gender, about our socioeconomic stuff, about our political parties, religions, whatever it happens to be. There's a lot of like pre-wired triggers and they're pre-wired in everybody or a large part of society and they're pre-wired to be used at will by whoever chooses to use them. And so when you are operating from emotion and triggers, you become captive to somebody else's power and you mm -hmm. give your power over to that, whether it is a brand name or a, a person or whatever it happens to be, mm -hmm. like that's one way you lose your power. It's very, it feels very powerful because it's very energizing in the body. Oh, it, it but, gives you the illusion that you're making a choice. Yes. But it totally pulls your, it's, it's, like, it's like it unplugs you from your own power source and it plugs your power source into whatever it is that you're giving your power over to. And it's one of the most disempowering things you can do to be operating in trigger and to give that trigger, to, to let somebody else control your triggers. Yeah. Whether it's your personal relationship at home with a family member or you know your boss or whatever it happens to be anywhere where you give your power up anywhere that somebody can trigger something in you at will you got no power yeah, yeah. and that's you know I, I think this is something we are really really collectively learning and coming out of mm -hmm. and a lot of us have been working on this for a very long time and we've needed to because that energetic foundation and structure we've got some of that. We've got actually a really good bit of it to be able to move out of the emotional triggers. Mm -hmm. And the more we move out of emotional triggers and actually take, make the choice of taking action based on our intuitive feelings. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those impulses can, can be a little bit insistent, but it's mm -hmm. not, it doesn't have a massive sense of urgency. Mm -mm. it's more of you'll have the feeling of oh i need to tell so and so this like now but it's not 
it doesn't have that forcefulness behind it. It's just that gentle knowing mm -hmm. of, oh, this is a message so-and-so needs now. Yeah. It's very different than um, that driving force. Feelings have mm -hmm. also had to use the emotional system in order to get things done mm -hmm. because people couldn't hear the feeling. They could yeah. only hear the emotion. And now that we have worked so much individually and so many individuals have worked on dismantling the triggers, mm -hmm. now we can hear the feelings. And so now it's, we, it's like the next level is really to step into true empowered choice by mm -hmm. saying, I have this feeling, I recognize this feeling, now what am I gonna do? Yeah. Am I going to move into the choice of doing it. And sometimes you might want to assess a little bit mm -hmm. and a feeling will give you the space, will give you a bit of a buffer to assess things as is appropriate where a, a strong emotion really doesn't give you much space for assessment. Another thing about emotions, there was a quote I heard, it was on a TV show actually, that you never have to talk yourself out of doing the right thing. But, but what, he, what the quote meant by the right thing was that feeling. Like when that mm -hmm. is, or you never have to talk yourself into that, that when, when that's present and you can hear it, like you don't have to talk yourself into it because you know it. You might talk yourself out of it because that's, we're great at that. So you, if you notice what you're trying to talk yourself out of that has kind of risen up, <laughs> it's one way to to begin to especially if you miss the feeling but you're already in like oh no i can't do that because of this 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 and this like it's a way to kind of wind yourself back to it but mm -hmm. the other thing i wanted to say about emotion is that emotions particularly triggering emotions anything that's correlated with adrenaline and cortisol so anywhere on the despair to depression to fear to shame to guilt to all of those same things all the way up to, even to anger they all use up lots of energy in the body like that just the the metabolism of emotion is very taxing on the body yeah and so but the the balance on the the other emotions compassion and love and care and peace and these things are very healing to the body mm -hmm. so one of the things when you're operating an emotion a lot to notice is like what's happening in your body are, are you exhausted at the end of the day because all of the emotions that are happening and if that's the case you know along with working on detriggering emotions so you're not you're not using up all of your body's resources, like with emotional response to emotional response, you can begin to cultivate the, the healing emotions. So the compassion, the care, the joy, the love, the freedom. And as long as they're not attached to some kind of trigger, while I, uh, well, a love is particularly kind of a triggery one because a lot of people love has a lot of baggage, even something like compassion. So if you've got a compassion, you're trying to use compassion or you're cultivating compassion, but then you realize you don't have compassion for this group of people over here. So there's like this defensiveness in your compassion. You know, you don't, you want to dismantle those things too. But if you can, if you can cultivate the purity of those feelings or, or of those emotions they can be very healing to the body. And they also help to quiet down your whole nervous system so that mm -hmm. you can better hear your feelings.
And so that's another way to go about doing it is um, the de-triggering, but also the cultivating of the emotions that are actually beneficial for your body and help to clear away some of that old debris so that you can hear the deeper strings beneath. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, one of the things that actually ends up being absent from a lot of the energy work that I have seen Mm -hmm. is that people will pull energy, but they don't replace it. Yeah. So if you're dismantling something, you need Mm -hmm. to be replacing it. If not with its direct opposite, which, because sometimes that's a little bit too much of a vibrational jump, you go as far as you can which means sometimes it's a matter of moving from rage to neutrality Mm -hmm. because you're not necessarily going to go from rage to acceptance or rage to compassion. But if you can go from rage to neutrality, that's, that's a step. And then once you've kind of gotten to where you're really solidly in neutrality, then you can move into the next piece. But yeah, that's, I've seen a lot of energy workers will pull energy Mm -hmm. and they don't replace it or they're replacing it. It's, it's not being replaced in a way that can be held even sometimes when they are. And that's going to be the key is that the results well, and you pull it, back in, you know, you got a vacuum and you pull back in whatever the, whatever the next emotion is, is what. Exactly. <laughs> and you may, it may be an improvement. It may yeah. be an improvement, but it's right next door. Well, that yeah. will take you forever to get where you want to go. Yeah. There is just another way where when you pull this energy out, what is, and sometimes it really is just as simple as saying, what is the highest energy that can fill this space and be maintained? and stay. And if you're new to energy, when I used to do hypnotherapy, what I had people fill it with is I had them imagine that they were, that there was this light from the sun or from whatever, like light metaphorically was, was light to them would really, would kind of shine down and fill the, all the open spaces that had been freed and to, you know, to just trust that the light was bringing in the highest energy available and was just Mm -hmm. filling like, like a golden honey, all the spaces that that were filled. And some people use moonlight, some people use sunlight, some people use like a spotlight on a stage because that was their thing. And so that's another metaphorical way to do this, that your body understands that if you're not like, I don't know what neutrality feels like, well, that's fine. Um, and if you don't want to dance from one emotion to the next, if that's just not available to you right now, you can use some kind of metaphorical thing. So you can imagine light, you can imagine a golden honey, you can imagine, uh, I worked with this guy for a while and he always had people like, like rub this balm. <laughs> so this, this beautiful healing balm that kind of, you know, and you can, you can yeah. use whatever you like with that. But, but those kinds of things are helpful as well. But it's, it's totally mm-hmm. true that if you begin to get rid of something or let something go, bring in something that's preferable to replace that, even if it's just a placeholder on your way forward to something else, but don't just clear it and assume that it's going to stay clear. Yeah. Um, it's just the way that energy works. Absolutely. And even, even so, I mean, we're taught this in theta healing is when you, when you release something and you pull something, you've got to replace it. And it does make a difference Mm -hmm. when you can be conscious of it. And sometimes 
sometimes act, uh, receptors will need to be activated. It, there's just, there's a lot of different potential active parts in it. So what it, whatever you have available, use it. Just make sure mm -hmm. you're replacing what you pull. Acceptance is another part of it because I have also seen quite a few people who will say that they want these changes, but really mm -hmm. after working with them for a while, it's very clear that they don't. It could just be that it's too much of a vibrational jump or they're just too attached to where they've been. I don't know and I don't judge it. They're just accept true acceptance of the change and true desire for the change also has to be present. Otherwise, the benefits will only be temporary. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So is there anything, last little thing you want to say before we wrap this up? And if not, please let us know how people can reach you. I think that's it for me, really. And okay. uh, people can reach me through um, coffeewiththeangels.com, awakentheinnerlight.com, and on Facebook. There, both of those have pages. There's Awaken the Inner Light and then Coffee with the Angels books. And the books are available on Amazon, both in Kindle format and paperback. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so very much. It's always a pleasure talking with you and I look forward to our next conversation. Likewise. Thank you so much. This is your host, Christine Madeira. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation from the edge of consciousness. You can find all our conversations at conversationsfromtheedge.net. You'll also find links to schedule a private conversation with me or any of my friends, as well as tools to help you expand your own consciousness and explore what's possible for you outside the boundaries of your current perceptions. Feel free to use this podcast to start your own conversation by sharing it with friends, on social media, in your blog, or even in your own podcast. And as always, live the adventure of pushing your own edge. It's the most amazing adventure there is.